We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies EdTech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com BE. Welcome to Transformative Principle, where I help you stop putting out fires and start leading. I am your host, Jethro Jones. You can follow me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. Welcome to the Transformative Principle Podcast. This is your host, Eric Mankelke, and today's guest on the show is Miss Andrea Gribble. Welcome, Andrea. So good to be here, Eric. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for getting up early on a dreary day in Wisconsin and being ready to talk some some social media. Sometimes yeah. sometimes a bad word for principles. Yeah, sometimes it's a four-letter word, but I'm telling you, there's some really great things that can happen with telling about all the great stories happening in our schools. Yeah. And and where I wanted to start today, Andrea, some people are just expert users or just personally have a lot of experience and knowledge about social media, but especially in small schools, the secretary, the principal, the AD, the superintendent, whoever it is, sometimes you just get handed the account or maybe there is no account. And, and the question I think about, and I've had people ask, and I've been this guy's like, where do you start with social media when you're given the keys to the school or the district accounts? Yeah, well, I can certainly relate to that because when I started with my first school back in 2014, I really didn't know what I was doing either. Especially when you look at a school, there's a lot of stories to tell. And so how do you get that content? Because just because you get put in charge of social media doesn't mean you actually have time to like go out and take pictures or videos or or things like that. I think the perfect starting point 
really is making sure that you pick the right person because you've got to at least enjoy social media a little bit. You don't have to be an expert, but you've got to really believe that, hey, there's great stories to tell and we can do good things with this. And then you've got to set up a system of getting content because again, one person is maybe making the posts and writing the emojis and trying to build the engagement on channels like Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and more doesn't mean you have to collect all of it. So I, I know we're going to talk a little bit about my, my new book, but we, we start and we talk about systems. We've got to create a system of storytelling. It can't just be like a project that you do for two days and then you forget about it or two weeks. It's got to be consistent. So I always suggest setting up a separate email address in your school that's like social media at whatever k12.wy.us or whatever. And that you ask your staff, hey, send in one to two things a month, depending on how big your school is. Maybe you only need one thing a month from each staff member. We're talking teachers. We're talking paras. We're talking leadership team. We're talking bus drivers. Like one thing a month. <sighs> Snap that picture because we all have the camera. We all have a, a phone in our pocket, which is a great camera. Snap the picture. Email a little description off. And then that person who's in charge now can take that picture and uh, put it out on social media. They can schedule it. There's a lot of lot to learn and you can really, there's, there's no like perfect way of being a master at it. Just like being a principal, right? You're not going to get to be a better principal by just like studying about it. You, you have to actually get in the role. So you have to learn by doing in social media and I've certainly learned a lot. And by the way, Eric, I've like made every mistake in the book, probably three times in the nine years that I've been doing this. But, you know, if you come at it authentically and with a little bit of passion and knowing that these stories need to get out there, you're going to be able to tell and celebrate a lot of things every day, every week. And throughout the year, you've got hundreds and hundreds of deposits of positive stories that are reaching thousands of people every week. If you've been listening to Transformative Principle for any amount of time, you know that I have a love-hate relationship with EdTech. We have the ability to personalize learning for every single one of our students, and yet so many of our EdTech tools fall short. We need our technology to do more for us. That's why it's so important for me to know that IXL provides true personalized learning across the entire pre-K-12 curriculum and that it's proven to benefit all student populations, including English language learners and students in special ed programs. As a principal, I've used this in my school. As a parent, I've had my children use it as well. And let me tell you, this is a tool that definitely helps students learn and practice better. IXL is research proven to accelerate achievement. Studies across 45 states show that IXL schools outperform non-IXL schools on state assessments, and independent research from Johns Hopkins University verifies that IXL meets ESSA Tier 1 standards. With those results combined with IXL's teacher-friendly reputation, what more could you ask for? Now, you also know that I don't care so much about test scores, but I know that they are legislatively convenient and something that we have to deal with and manage on a day-to-day -day basis. If you can implement something that is easy and effective, why wouldn't you do it? If you have a goal to increase achievement for all students, make sure to find out what IXL can do for you. Visit IXL.com 
slash B for a demo. That's IXL.com slash B E. I, I mentioned to you, I think he, he wrote, was it the foreword in your new book, Joe Sanfilippo? Yes. I think it was him that always said the power of social media as a school is you have to tell your own story because other people already do and they they'll continue to do it. So if you're not telling your own story, you're just kind of leaving that up to whatever people hear or feel like saying how, how often, like if you're the one managing the accounts for the school, how often should you be posting and creating content? Is it like once a day? Is that kind of the goal to keep people engaged? I think that's a minimum. First, I want to say, Eric, it's okay to just pick one social media platform. I think where many schools get it wrong is they try to be on everything. And then like every day there's a new social media platform coming on that then schools think, oh my gosh, I got to be there. So if you're doing all the things really poorly, then you're doing nothing well. So focus on, I say Facebook first, I say Instagram second, because that's a great spot to connect with students. But I'm posting about three times a day for Little New Auburn. We have, and I still, by the way, I am the manager, the social media manager for a district of 300 students, K through 12. I have that email address. Staff members send content to me and I put that out there. It's different than a business. So you may have gotten training before and businesses, yeah, once a day is probably the max because you don't want to be bugging people. But in schools, you've got a lot of great things happening. So minimum of once a day, but I'm averaging about three times a day. We try not to go more than five times a day, especially on Facebook. Otherwise, you actually can break Facebook. You can <laughs> you can almost be too annoying or whatever. And, and the algorithms, there's there's a lot to when to post and how to post and how to write your post to build engagement. So there's a lot to learn there. But just that consistent storytelling, one to two times a day, I would say, would really be your goal. We, we hit 6 a.m. because a lot of moms are like checking their their Facebook page right when they get up with they have a moment of peace with their coffee. And then at night, 7 p.m. is when we post a lot because people in the evenings have some downtime and are starting to look through through social media. So I don't have to be on and posting at those times because of scheduling tools. So there's a there's it's really easy to schedule things out. And I almost post nothing in the moment which is really good because when you're in the moment, you make mistakes yeah. and it's like, oh my gosh, I misspelled that. So we really take time to curate that story, schedule things out and really meet our, our community where they're at, which unfortunately or fortunately sometimes is, is stuck on, on these phones. Yeah. It can be a blessing and a curse, right? <clears throat> Absolutely. As a mother of six. Yes. It can be a blessing and a curse. <laughs> um, how, how much do you mix in the storytelling with your social media versus the basic communication information tools? Like when we send out things about upcoming events or schedule changes or or activities, we have a tool that does, you can do a robo dial, you can do a text message, you can do a email and Facebook. Like, do you, do you encourage schools to separate Facebook from the hey, we had a fire drill today or snow day type stuff and stick just to the storytelling? Or is it okay to to mix all of that stuff in through social media? 
Well, it depends. So we've really got to pick the right tool for the right message. Just like you wouldn't put everything on that marquee. You know, if you have a sign in front of your building, you wouldn't put everything out there. You wouldn't put everything on. a. There's still flyers and backpacks. You wouldn't put everything in there. You've got to pick the right tool. And, and I always say, you know, here's my mug. It's celebrate your school one story at a time telling everybody that don't forget the lunch money or don't, yes, we had a fire drill. That's not really celebrating. And so you're not going to drive a lot of engagement. So you're not going to drive a lot of reach. So just because you have, let's say a thousand followers on your Facebook page, I talk a lot about Facebook, Eric, because Facebook's the number one channel for mm -hmm. every school we serve. We, we, we have hundreds of schools that we work with across the country, but just because you have a thousand followers doesn't mean your post is going to reach a thousand followers. So you, we really want to limit some of that. Although in a small school where we want to get information out to a lot of different people, maybe there's grandma and grandpas and community members that are helping support kids and stuff. And they want to be able to see some of that. You can use that, but I'm saying 90% of your content should be celebrating. Don't tell me that this big fundraiser is coming up and then never send me pictures of the actual fundraiser yeah. when it's happening. Okay. And we've got to get unique in how we tell those stories. So it's not just posting a flyer saying this is coming up. It's maybe a couple of your kids creating a short video or a short reel, Instagram reel or Facebook reel that's really telling things in a creative way to break through the noise and actually reach people because it's a noisy world. And we are competing with the TikToks and all of these short videos and all of these content creators, our schools need to show up. And the way to do that is to give content that people watch, that people interact with. There, there's this whole engagement where you want likes, comments, and shares. They're not all created equal. So you really want to drive comments and shares on your content. There's just a lot of science behind some of this strategy, which a lot of it, again, I, I teach in my new book, but I had to learn it all. Mm -hmm. And I certainly wasn't great at it when I started. And every post I share, Eric, is not going to win like a Pulitzer Surprise, if that's even a thing for social media posts. Sometimes you just have to get information out. And snow days, those can be put out on social media. Obviously, you should put them out the other way. But you do have to be careful what you put out because sometimes when you announce those things, you get people like, oh my gosh, it's not even snowing. Or or we could have had school or, oh my gosh, good, good thing you canceled school today because I can't, you know. So when you put something out on social media, you have to be ready because you're actually asking for people really to comment. So you got to want that, those comments and you got to kind of anticipate what kind of comments you might be inviting in. Do you, do you ever turn off comments or disable comments? So that's a really good question. So actually on Facebook now, once you post something, you have the ability to shut comments off. You can also limit comments on Instagram because you can limit it to like only people you follow and so, or only people you mention. So there's some, there's some limitations you can do. I don't personally recommend it. We've got the whole freedom of speech and people thinking that you're hiding something. They, they know if you have comments shut off because they can't comment. So then they're like, what's the school trying to hide or mm -hmm. whatever. But in some cases, if you ever decide I'm going to turn comments off on this, I really recommend some schools have just said, hey, you know, we have turned comments off on this post. If you have concerns, please reach out to 
and then put some statements in there so that then you can direct those conversations to happen offline. I strongly urge if it's information that just needs to go out to parents, you put that out in your email and your direct alerts and your phone calls. You Everything doesn't have to go onto social media to still be transparent and to still have good communication. The final idea that Dawn uses from Portage, Wisconsin, she's a great communications person. She's actually got a icon that says, you've got mail. And it says, hey, attention parents, you just got an email from the school district. Please take a look at that. Now that could invite negative comments underneath. However, they're gonna have to go read it and then they're gonna have to remember to come back to Facebook to try to make a bad comment about your... So you're just trying to limit some of that. And we learned a lot about that in 2020. Let's talk about flex time in schools. If you've been listening for a long time, you know how important I think this is. It gives us more time for personalized learning, increasing choice and agency for students, and the increased enrollment that comes with it, dedicated time for intervention and enrichment. And overall, as school leaders, it gives us and our faculty more tools to increase academic achievement. But the implementation and management of flex time can be so tough. Tricky logistics and a lack of clear accountability systems can prevent teachers from buying in and can hold us back from ensuring students make good use of their time. I'm pleased to share that MyFlex Learning provides a solution to these challenges and more. MyFlex Learning helps you create and manage flexible time for any purpose. And with seamless SIS integration, a student locator, flexible daily rostering, and an intuitive mobile app, it eliminates the common challenges of implementation and management. Want to see for yourself? Visit myflexlearning.com B to learn more about it and receive $500 off the first year of use. That's myflexlearning.com B-E. You know, you always try and think through what you're posting and what kind of reactions you'll get. And you don't want to put things out there that are going to be controversial or create personal attacks. But sometimes they turn into that. And that's that's when I realize I'm like, well, what do you do if all of a sudden there's this um, war raging in the comments of um, it was sending kids off to a, a state event was the video. And it's like, how did that turn into something? But it was, you know, 2020 related things. Yeah. And you don't. I, I like how you said that just disabling comments makes people feel like you're trying to hide something or they don't want to hear what what we think about it. And that's. That's not the point. Social media, you're trying to get people to to share their thoughts and celebrate things. So how about getting ready to, to go into the summer, Andrea, as a school? How can you keep the social media active and what, what kind of things should we be celebrating when we're not in the building? Yeah, so summer's a different deal. So we talked about how often you post and that is during the school year because you got a lot going on. Now, one, if you have summer school, we should definitely be celebrating that. So same rules kind of apply. Hey, one or two things a month or one thing a week, if you've got a smaller crew sending into the email address so you can let people know what's happening. I really recommend looking at features that you can schedule out ahead of time. Now, if you're already in summer vacation, you're probably not going to be able to gather some information, but here's a couple ideas. Throwback Thursdays. They're pictures of old yearbooks. Okay, people love to see the big hair. Eric, I had the big <laughs> hair, right? The old computers, the old cars, like 
you've got such a treasure trove of community history in those yearbooks. You do have to be careful of which pictures you share because political times <laughs> have changed, but that's a great project where you go and grab a bunch of yearbooks, get a bunch of pictures, put them in a Google drive, schedule one out for every Thursday morning. I've got a great resource on my website with 52 throwback Thursday captions. So we've got spirit. Yes, we do. We've got spirit. How about you? And Hey, let the tagging begin. And so people start tagging people that are in the pictures. It's a really great way. And I recommend to keep doing that all year long. Okay. Another thing that you can do are student features or staff features. And so what I'd recommend if, because staff isn't in probably in the buildings, just every week, start highlighting one of your staff members. You use the school directory and you put it on a nice little Canva graphic. Canva's awesome with simple, like, thank you. And then in the caption, it's just like this week, we're giving a shout out to Mrs. Smith. She's our fifth grade teacher. And we just want to thank her for what she does to make our school awesome. And then guess what? All the comments start coming in, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's it's really starting that conversation very simply. So those are two few ideas that you could do. Now, again, you're going to have back to school information, which in the summer you're going to have to share. Look to share it in unique ways. So not just the flyer, not just the supply school list. supply list. However, those do reach a lot of people because people want to know about those. And the earlier, the better, right? They, I don't know why we want to start back to school shopping in July when school doesn't start until almost September 1st. But they love to see those things, school schedules, things like that. And then there is activity, even if you don't have summer school, there's activity in the school in the summer. A lot of times custodial crew are working overtime, right? They're, they're really shining the place up. Sometimes you have kids involved, students that come to work for the summer. Highlight those kind of things. It's kind of like behind the scenes. And I would just say, if you can aim for at least three posts a week, that'd be awesome for summer. You're not necessarily going to post every day. I do try to if I, if I can, but you don't want to force content if you don't have it. We used to do motivational Mondays. Well, th those are great. That great, you know, we put positive quotes on pictures of our own kids and but at the end of the day, they didn't drive a ton of engagement. So I can spend my time, you know, better doing those throwback Thursdays or doing those staff features. So does that give you a few ideas? Yeah, I really like the throwback Thursday. That'd be a lot of fun. Oh, my gosh. Your community loves it. Remember, Eric, 70% of your community has nobody in school right now. And when it comes time to ask for support for the school, they're voting. So we want to get them tied in. And, and in many communities, I, I'm sure like yours and mine, there are graduates of the school that stay in the community afterwards. So they really enjoy it. And I'm telling you, like the 70s, those people are on Facebook watching for that stuff. And, you know, if nothing else, your alumni will keep an eye on your page because they'll be like, oh, my gosh. I hope that picture of me yeah. with the braces and the, I don't know, bell bottoms, although bell bottoms are back now. So yeah. Or they may be surprised by pictures they forgot existed, right? Yes. It's been so long and all of a sudden you're getting tagged and yeah, it's, it's, I'm just chuckling. Cause I was in our kind of our archive room the other day and found an old yearbook that had one of our 
veteran staff members their first year. And the first thing I did is I took my phone out and took a picture. I'm like, I can't believe that's what he looked like in 1992 or 96 or whatever. And, yeah. and it was fun, fun to see. Well, and that reminds me too, if you haven't done anything on social media with your retirees for this year, you could still do that. So you could celebrate. And sometimes you put a picture of when they first started and a picture now, and then you could uh, put that out for a social media post. My only warning there would be ask the person first, because sometimes people are private and they don't really want to be celebrated at that, at that moment. But that's a big milestone. And and I'm sure they've got plans for what they're going to do next. And those are really, they drive a lot of engagement because a lot of people want to say thank you and share, share memories. It's good stuff. Yeah. And it's fun to see like people that you had as a teacher and now 32 years later, like, wow, I can't believe he was still teaching. Yeah. It's cool. Cool to see. How about, how about planning for the fall? With, with the social media, I'm sure some of that work needs to be done in the summer before the building comes alive, right? Definitely. I think one of the big things is to secure at least 10 minutes with your staff for your back to school um, meeting, right? Usually you have an in-service and their speakers and grab 10 minutes to talk about social media where you're you're telling them, okay, this is what I need from you. You tell them about storytelling and sometimes that's intimidating. They're like, I don't have stories to tell. Yes, you do. Those pictures of those students, a student reading to another student or tying their shoe or out on the playground. Uh, there's just so many moments. So showing your staff, look at this is this is the kind of stories we want you to share. Here's how you do it. Here's this email address and you're going to email those in. We just need one or two things a month. Not everybody's going to do it, but if you can get 50 to 60% of your staff to do it, you're going to have a lot of stories to tell. So that's number one. Number two is getting out the calendar and really looking at, okay, what am I going to share on social media? Because month by month, there's similar themes, right? I mean, obviously August is going to be a lot of back to school, right? And then September, you're just celebrating that you're in. October, I think, has got national principal week or day. I mean, there's lots of days to celebrate, I've got a calendar in my office that I'm looking over at Mm -hmm. and it's, it's sometimes it can be a little bit overwhelming to make sure you hit all of those days, but pre-planning that would be powerful. I mean, knowing that, Hey, we've always got a fall musical and then prom hits here. And this is where we've got kids going to do this just so that you can get a plan and that, you know, that you don't have to be everywhere. Right. So, you know, you can, delegate and ask for help in getting content collected. You can also, one really good thing is creating graphics for those times where you don't have graphics. And and I share this again in the book, just to create something that says, thank you. That's on your low, your school colors. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of a similar theme. You always want to have an image with every post that you share, but sometimes you don't have a picture. So Creating things that say, thank you, FYI, important information, cancellation, congratulations, sports update, those types of graphics and having a a little graphic square that's ready to go when you need it in a shared drive, which we all learned that we had to use when COVID hit because we weren't even at school. So a shared drive so that wherever you're at, if you get something, you don't have a picture, but you need to get it out. And some of that is a little bit more information sometimes, but sometimes we have to get it out there. So that'd be a great project. The other thing is just look at your cover images. 
when's the last time you updated your Facebook cover page? And if your Facebook cover image is a picture of your building, I'm going to challenge you on that because your, your school is not just a building. It's made up of amazing staff and amazing students that are doing really cool things. We really recommend a collage of pictures where you're representing a lot of different activities and age levels and abilities and all of the things. We, we change that out actually every quarter for the schools we serve because we have the four seasons in Wisconsin, like, like I think you do in Wyoming. So we don't want to have summer pictures up when, you know, there's 14 feet of snow, which is what we had this year. Um, so that's another thing that you should look at. Cause if your picture is from 2016 and you do have a student on there, that kid now has kids in your school, <laughs> right? So you want to, you want to make sure those are updated. Yeah. Yeah. And did your, did your book launch already? It was scheduled to come out in April, right? Yes. It, it launched in April. It's doing very well. It's hitting, hitting schools across the country and it's really a culmination of kind of all of my best advice for social media for schools. And that's the name of the book. Yeah. And then you have, you have a podcast also to tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So my COVID project, when I was stuck at home with six kids e-learning, I decided to start a podcast. I just had to get it quiet enough to be able to record. It's called Mastering Social Media for Schools. It's absolutely the my favorite thing. Because if you can't tell, Eric, I like to talk. So, <laughs> and I like to hang around really smart people. And so I interview school communicators, leaders, assistants. I mean, there's IT directors about social media for their schools. And it's a weekly show. It comes out every Monday. I'm now into episodes like 160 or something because it's a weekly show and I've been doing it since 2020. And I, I just have learned so much because social media, you can't just be like, oh, I learned everything. I'm good. I, I don't have to. No, it's constantly changing. What works is constantly changing. And so I love that that's a free place just like this free place for people to really get inspired, get some professional development and get some ideas to, to celebrate your students and staff in new ways that is really going to impact your community. Yeah. And it, it can be hard to keep up with. So it's nice to have resources out there. Or if you have new staff that haven't had social media experience with the school, it's nice to not just be the guy who hands them the password and says here you go so. yeah give them, yeah and and that's what creating some of those social media policies and being clear but you just mentioned a good thing about new staff so if you've got new staff coming in that's another great thing to share on social media before the school year starts you show them their face mm -hmm. you welcome them to the community and then all of these people are like, we're so excited that you're here. And oh my gosh, I went to that university or whatever. You're making some connections before that new staff member even gets in the door. And by the way, social media can definitely help you attract and retain students and attract and retain staff. When you can show people what it's like in your school through social media before they ever apply to work at your school, that is powerful. They're going to be able to understand what your school is all about. Yeah. Just like schools are Facebook creeping on applicants, applicants are Facebook creeping on the school, right? 
A hundred percent. I don't know if that's the correct term. If that's what you use in your book. Stalking. No, I I don't use, (laughs) I don't use those words, but it's true. Right. Like we're, we're definitely paying attention. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Andrea, we like ending with the big question on, on the podcast. What's one thing principals can do this week to be a more transformative leader like you. So I just think telling that one story from your school, whether it be about a staff member or be about a student, as a principal, you have a lot of hard things that you have to deal with. But we talk about social media really trying to frame up all the great things. So there are great things happening. But if you're not telling people and kind of extending that to the community, they don't get to see those things. So I just want to challenge and principals, you don't have to be on social media yourself. I'm not making you set up your own Twitter account, although it is a great professional development tool, but, you know, tweeting out or getting your story submitted to your social media manager through your email address that you just set up and you just say, oh my gosh, I am so proud of our staff. Look at this huge event that they just created or but something from your lens as the principal that, that you can celebrate. That would be one thing that you could do. I like it. And I'm going to, I'm going to take that and one more thing. So the throwback Thursdays. So there's at least two for me this week. Yes. Awesome. That's double. You're like, you're like hundred percent (laughs) above, above being a transformative principal. I don't know what above that is, but it's going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on the show, Andrea. It was a lot of fun and I appreciate you sharing, sharing your ideas and giving, giving the listeners some resources between the podcast and the new book that just came out social media for schools. So, yes. And I have a lot of free content available just so you know, on my website. So it's social school for edu.com. I'm sure you'll have it in the show notes, but just check that out. I share what I've learned and I've written a bunch of blogs. That's what kind of helped create this book resource where it's kind of all in one spot, but you guys can do it. Like, I know it's sometimes scary. I still get freaked out sometimes, but you can do it. And it really, it really is, makes a difference for our kids. And that's what it's all about. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you, Andrea. Thank you. Edited by Gage Sanderson. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra helper intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash B-E.